It is Vision Sunday. That's right. If you're wondering why I'm chomping on this mint, it's because we are in the middle of a fast. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, I'm feeling a little dizzy after all that dancing this morning. She said, have a mint. I said, a mint? I need a steak. She said, the sugar, it'll help. Well, it isn't. Just want to point that out there. I got these pants stitched up so tight. I wore pants that have like a little, a little thing on them. I told the, the comms team, I said, guys, I want to film all the videos for the year in these first 40 days. <laughs> then I'll eat whatever I want. About six months in, people go, who's that? <laughs> That's not the pastor. How many of you are staying strong? <laughs> Most of you are fasting for 21 days, which means that tomorrow is the last day. No wonder y'all were dancing, right? But we take these first weeks of the year and we consecrate them unto the Lord. And we do that through prayer and through fasting. But we are believing that the rest of this year will be consecrated to God. This is a year of reformation, of making the crooked paths straight, of professing holiness and righteousness, of speaking loud and sparing not, of using the influence that God has given to us to affect change. This is a year that we take what is happening within the church outside of the church. You see, the devil doesn't care how big and glorious and grand and beautiful of church buildings we build as long as we stay inside of them. But the moment we begin to step out is the moment that it begins to frustrate some spirits. And that's when we know that we are advancing the kingdom of heaven. We are one church. We have one vision. And you heard it earlier. It is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. And what I know and what we've seen in Mercy Culture is when you cultivate that vision and you disciple people into daily encounters, they get in the presence of the Lord, and God is always speaking new vision. The Lord is always speaking new things. People ask us all the time, where did y'all come up with all of this vision? Mercy Culture has launched many campuses. We're launching another one, announcing it this morning. You'll find out in a minute. But Mercy Culture uh, started just four and a half years ago, four and a half-ish years ago in Fort Worth, Texas. Thousands and thousands of people meet every week. And we launched an online campus where thousands of people watch and are connected online. And we have a Spanish campus in Fort Worth. And the seeds are being planted for a Spanish campus right here in Waco, Texas. If you're Spanish-speaking or you know some Spanish-speaking people, we have small groups in Spanish right here in, Wa did I say Fort Worth? in Waco, Texas, right? And then we've launched uh, Mercy Culture Waco. We are just right at two years old. We just launched Mercy Culture Dallas. And we've got a food bank, and we've got a spiritual leadership school, and we've got a lot of other stuff we're going to talk about this morning. And people say, where did you get all this vision? And as leaders of the church, we always say, we didn't get all this vision. The vision that we have as your pastors is to take you from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. And when you get in the presence, he speaks to you. And then people come and go, hey, I have this vision. And we take it, and we pray, and we seek the Lord. And if the Lord says yes and amen, we go, great, let's launch this vision. And that's why there's been such tremendous vision and expansion of the influence of this house is because people are encountering the Lord every day. And often religious people will respond and go, well, wait a second. Isn't all this vision from people, isn't that division? No, it's not division. It's apostolic. 
It's the New Testament church. Go hear from the Lord. Submit that vision in proper order and under the spiritual covering. And then we will give a yes and amen to launch. And God is expanding the influence of this house in supernatural ways because it is not built around a man. It is built around the presence of God. What is vision? Vision is a revelation of God's will or his purpose for me. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. What does that mean to cast off restraint? Well, it means to run wild or to run with no direction and no purpose. When people don't have vision, They run with no direction and no purpose. It's why so many of us spent a lot of years in our life going from one church to the next and going from one business venture to the next and going from one relationship. Don't look at your neighbor now. Don't poke them. From one relationship to the next, bouncing around from thing to thing because there's no prophetic vision that people can run, pick up and run with it. We run wild without The vision of the Lord are the assignments of God. Listen, at Mercy Culture, we don't sit around and make plans. We're not strategic thinkers. I say this often. I'm not supposed to be a strategist, but an opportunist. So what do we do? We steward the resources of this house, the money, the finances. We steward the people, the leadership, constantly raising up new leaders and and discipling people into daily encounters with God so that when the Lord speaks new vision, we will be able to step out into it. So we're not strategists, we're opportunists. When the Lord speaks, we step into that opportunity. And you're going to hear a lot of vision this morning. And I want to tell you, give you a little behind the scenes. We did not all sit around as the pastors and elders of Mercy Culture and say, hey, what's some great ideas? Because we're really bored. We don't have enough going on. What's some more stuff that we can come up with so that we look big or so that we, we can post things on Instagram? No, no. And then take it before the Lord and ask him to bless it. You see, a lot of people have made their plans. They have sat down and come up with their plans. And then we often take it before God and go, okay, God, here's my plan. Would you please bless it? That's one way to go about it. But the way we do is say, Lord, what is your will? What's on your heart? Because I know when I partner with him, instead of asking him to partner with me, there's supernatural favor that comes into that. So there's people in this house that have planted, started businesses you never thought you would start. You've had kids you never thought you would have. You've done things you never thought you would do because you stopped saying, Lord, this is what I want to do. Would you bless it? And you said, God, what is on your heart? What is your plan? How can I come in to alignment with you? And when we do that, there is supernatural favor. Some of these assignments and ministries that we're going to announce this morning, these projects, these initiatives, they're going to take years to develop. And often many of the things that we're living in today have been developed first in the spirit and then in the natural for years. And there's many biblical examples of this. The building of the ark God spoke to build an ark, and theologians estimate that it took around 100 years to build that ark. And Solomon, building the the temple, uh, took about seven years for Solomon to construct the temple. Nehemiah, when God spoke to Nehemiah to build the wall, it took about 52 days to build that wall. 
You see, it takes time to take what the Lord has spoken and then develop and building them. Some will be in days, some months, and some years. I want to talk to you really quickly about housed visions. You're going to hear a lot of conversation about housed visions. If you've been around here long enough, you know that an element of our culture, one of our unique characteristics of this house is that we house vision. And what does that mean? It means, as I said earlier, that we know people go into the presence and hear the Lord speak. And when he speaks, he gives them vision. And we believe that we are an apostolic house that can house that vision. Meaning if God placed upon people's heart a vision and they submit it to the house and the elders and pastors pray and hear a yes and amen in our spirit, that we can house that vision. Housed visions are ministries that go beyond the four walls of this church and impact our community, our state, the nation, and even the world. It's ministries that go out of the walls of mercy culture. It is reformation. I want to give you a caution this morning. The enemy doesn't care how grand and glorious our buildings are as long as we stay in them. And as the, the moment that we begin to step out, you can expect opposition. I had somebody this last week post on Instagram and call me out and say, it was, it was okay. But they said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm really tired of pastors talking about what the enemy's going to do. Why don't we just talk about what Jesus does? He's already won. Amen. I agree. He's already won the victory. But we must be aware that we're in a spiritual battle. And part of my job is to equip you to understand the wiles of the enemy. Jesus even said, you foolish, you foolish people. So that meant it's my throat going, give me food. No flesh submit. In Jesus name, I was drinking a, a protein shake back there. And Pastor Jordan said, I didn't think you liked those kind. I said, look, no, it was Joel. I didn't think you liked those kind. I said, look. You take what you get in these seasons. You take what you get. My God. Where was I at? What was I talking about? I lost my train of thought. You don't know? Nobody was listening? The wiles of the enemy. Thank you. Jesus said, you foolish people, you know how to discern the weather, but you cannot discern the seasons in which you live. In other words, you must know what the enemy is planning to do. You have to know the wiles of the enemy so that you can fight him accordingly. And one of the things that the enemy will do is as you step outside and you begin to walk in reformation, you can expect opposition. But do not be afraid. Do not be fearful because you have already won the victory. Stewarding this vision is so vitally important. So this morning is not just an announcement service. If that was the case, we'd send you an email and move about our day. This isn't just a bunch of announcements. This is prophetic vision. Before church started, I kept receiving in my daily encounter, I kept having these prophetic words and sending them out. And then at pre-service prayer, I kept hearing prophetic words and prophesying over people. And then sitting up there, I, I, I kept saying, Lord, I feel the spirit of prophecy. And then it was just like a light bulb went off. Well, duh, this is prophetic vision Sunday. The spirit of prophecy is in the room. I said the spirit of prophecy is in the room. 
Because we're not releasing strategic initiatives and plans for corporate growth. We're releasing the prophetic word of the Lord this morning. So just take a moment, close your eyes, and posture your heart to receive. Come on, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, I receive your prophetic vision this morning. God, would you teach us how to steward your word? Would you teach us how to steward vision? Would you teach us how to pick this up? Lord, would you teach us how to help lift this vision together as a community? God, we will receive it this morning, and we will steward it well. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. amen. i got a question for you this morning. Who's ready for Vision Sunday? Let's watch this video together. SLS is Mercy Culture Spiritual Leadership School. And right now it is a three-year program with a fourth-year church planting expression. The first year is really all about learning how to lead yourself because we can't spiritually lead others until we have learned how to spiritually lead ourselves. The second year is when you really begin to dive into learning how to spiritually lead others. Our third year is an invitation-only program where we invite people to become a paid intern of Mercy Culture at one of our campuses, and you continue to expand your ability to lead yourself and to lead others. And we've got some spiritual leadership students up here with us this morning. We want to welcome Brandon Wells. He's a third-year student. We want to welcome Emily Roche. He's a second-year student. And Zach Ertel, who is a first-year SLS student. Well, Brandon, we'll start with you. Do you want to share a little bit about what SLS has meant to you? Yeah. It, um, have you ever prayed one of those prayers where you feel like, God either misheard you or just wasn't really listening or something. Um, back in 2019, Chelsea and I were looking for a new church, and I prayed. I said, Lord, I want a pastor who's going to kick my butt, and if I don't show up for church, I want people to know. And uh, I think he heard me say pastors, because um, then he put me in SLS, and I was just constantly being poured into and just developed and all these things in me that I thought I didn't even know were there. He was just pointing out, but it was this invitation every day of being in the safe place to be able to just deal with those things and really do the thing that I always longed for and wanted to do, which was serve the Lord and serve his house. He's revealed calling to me in these years. He's equipped me to do that. And then, um, it, it, is, it has definitely been a journey, um, but it has been one that if you will give him your yes, it will be worth it. Chelsea and I, Chelsea and I will f were faced with, we had this moment of comfort of I could keep working 
or I could go and accept this invitation the Lord had given me that I had been asking for to do SLS. And um, I chose SLS, and we have not regretted it one day. And Chelsea is probably the biggest SLS cheerleader just because she gets a better husband because of it. So, yeah. In typical Brandon fashion, he's being very humble. But what you may not have picked up on is Brandon is married and has two children? Two children. And he quit his job and stepped out in obedience to the Lord. So some of us say, I'm too old. Clearly you're not. If Brandon can do it. <laughs> He's older than me, but that's just okay. A, just, <laughs> just a little bit. Just a, just but we honor bit. our pastors. Yeah, our it pastor. sounds like it. <laughs> Some people say it's too old. Some pe- My brother's laughing a little bit too hard out there in the audience. <laughs> Some people say, there's no way my stage in life or this, that, or the other. If God speaks, you can do it. And if it's easy for you and it doesn't scare you, it's probably not the Lord. You probably need to go back to God and say, God, what are you asking me to expand in this area? Because the Bible says anything not done in faith is sin. So if you know you can do it, it doesn't take your faith. If you know you can do it, you're probably in disobedience to the Lord. So whatever it is, that's just free. This is just a little parenthetically insert. <laughs> whatever it is that God is calling you to do, it's going to take an expansion of your faith. It's going to take you to, it's going to take a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of how am I going to do this? And you've got to lean into the faith. Last year was the year of Dunamis, and this year is the year of Reformation. And this year is going to be a year where we're doing things not in our own strength, but we're taking the Dunamis power that the Lord placed within us, and we're going forth, and we are going to reform the crooked ways this year. This is how we start. Amen. Amen. Can we just give Brandon's wife a big hand? Come on, Chelsea. Yeah. We know that it, stepping out in obedience for Brandon was important, but there would be no obedience without the yes and amen of his lovely wife, Chelsea. She said, you're going to quit your what? But God is blessing them because of their obedience to the Lord. Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Good morning. It has been a wild one. Um, yeah, so Brandon, when he approached Zach and I and said that we'd been highlighted to speak this morning, he specifically felt like the Lord was telling him to talk about obedience over sacrifice. Um, And I don't think I realized how big of a leap of obedience I took. Um, I'm from Maryland, so just a wee 1,500 miles away. Um, I didn't know anyone in Texas, barely knew anything about mercy culture, but something was on SLS. I couldn't even put my finger on it. Um, and so when I applied, when I got the yes, I was like, okay, cause we're going to Texas. <laughs> so, um, the first year, a lot of stuff burned away. There were tons of moments where I was like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Like, I'm pretty sure I made the wrong decision. And, um, I'm so glad God gave me the grace to stick through it because here I am, um, in year two, another step of obedience was to come to Waco cause my first year was in Fort Worth. I had no idea what to expect, and um, he gave me a promise coming to Waco that this would be a place um, where I would be fortified, 
which was fitting last year, and then um, that he would give me shepherds after his own heart that would leave me with knowledge and understanding. So um, I specifically wanted to highlight Allie, who led pre-service prayer to today. Incredible. Um, she is my oversight, and I totally feel like she's one of those shepherds that all the people that I encounter here like are shepherds that he's given me. And so um, to be a part of SLS and have space with those people, um, to lead in capacities that I, every day I'm like, um, who entrusted me with this? And <laughs> uh, I just, uh, are you sure you want me to do it? Um, and so just, I'm so honored um, to be a, a part of SLS and my obedience has seen me like get into those places because I could not do that on my own. So. Emily just mentioned pre-service prayer. I want to just invite everybody. I felt a kick in my spirit. We have pre-service prayer every Sunday at 8 a.m. And you are all invited to come. And it's just a moment that we pray and prepare this room for you and for the presence of the Lord every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. But what a beautiful testimony of the fruit of your obedience and what God has continued to do. Zach, you want to share with us? Zach's a first-year student. So you're just now coming into your second semester of your first year. You want to share with us what that journey's been like for you? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I, I really did not want to do SLS, honestly. I've, maybe you guys feel the same, but I, I was getting prophetic words, prophetic hints to the point where I'd come to church and I was like, oh, don't look at me. I don't want another word about SLS. Um, but I was laying in bed and I heard the Lord so clearly, get up, get out of bed and apply and, and don't, don't go to sleep until you've applied. Um, and it's been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. I'm so, so grateful. Um, just that I stepped into what the Lord had asked me to do. I've seen incredible personal breakthrough in SLS, whether during class, sometimes the Lord, in fact, a, a specific moment I recall, the Lord dropped something in my spirit, not related to class, that completely changed the trajectory of my life, answered questions I've been asking the Lord for years. Um, SLS is about being developed. They say, we say spiritual leaders are developed. And the Lord has developed me and pulled things out of me that I had no idea. Chris Donald's on the front row. He leads our outreach team. Um, he has pulled things out of me that I had no idea were inside of me, but that now burn in my heart because it's a call of the Lord on my life. Um, I could, yeah. But yeah, I could, I could go on and on, but I'm just so Amazing. grateful for, for SLS. Uh, one of the the most fun things that we get to do is to speak to the SLS students. I'm always so humbled and so honored to get to speak into your lives. And I just honor SLS and all of you that have sacrificed. If you're in SLS, just stand up if you would. Just stand up. Let's give them a hand. Yeah. And, and the next uh, year of SLS is starting in the fall, and we are opening up to receive applications on February the 4th, I believe it is. Application fees is only $25 for that first week. It's normally 100 so the first week is $25. So text the word, text SLS to 59090 if you'd like more information. You're not making a commitment. You're just asking for more information. Can we give these students a big round of applause? Thank you, guys. Thank you.
Again, just text SLS to 59090, and then after service, right outside the doors, we have some booths set up, and the we will have a booth with these SLS students that will be there and available to answer any of your questions. Welcome, Amy Hernandez. And Lourdes Martinez. And David Casada. Let's welcome them this morning. This is our food bank team, y'all. Part of them. It's a very, very big team. Um, we get the opportunity once a month, isn't it? Am I correct? Once a month to feed the community. And it's not just feeding them with food. It's feeding their spirit man as well. We get to pray over these people that come through. And they literally, this whole road right here is like shut down on this side of the, on this side of the road. But it's an amazing housed vision of mercy culture that we get to feed these people both in spirit and in body. Yeah. Amy, would you tell us about the food bank? Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, leading food bank has been an honor. Um, we've had so many beautiful experiences in food bank, and I just want to share two specific experiences that we had. And one of the experiences is this lady came up and um, to the line as she came in, and she was speaking on the phone with somebody else and the person on the other end of the line asked her hey wh where are you and the lady said oh I just pulled into a food bank and the lady on the other side of the phone said I just felt peace um, when I heard that testimony from um, our prayer team that really moved my heart because this is why we're doing this we're not just feeding people, just food. We're spiritually yes. feeding these people. Yes. And that just fills me with so much joy. And the other thing that just impacted me and like I never ceased to get amazed by this is all throughout 2023, we had enough food for all of the cars that would come in. Like the last car would get the last box of food. And that just blew my mind time after time. I'm like, God, you are so good. Yes. And so, um, and I don't know if I can, but I want to publicly celebrate Lauren. Um, Lauren was my oversight, uh, mine and Edgar's oversight. All right. Um, she did such a beautiful job um, of helping us grow. Um, Edgar and I, as leaders and as an individual, she helped us. Um, Lauren, I see you. Um, she helped us. She pushed us to do the uncomfortable things that I never thought that I could ever do. And things that I would like, Lauren, I want to say no, but I just can't. <laughs> and um, I want to publicly celebrate you and thank you, Lauren. This is Lourdes. Lourdes, can you tell us some testimonies? Uh, well, the Lord has been doing a lot of miracles uh, since they get in the parking lot. His presence is so powerful, and you cannot miss his presence. So we have a lot of testimonies about his goodness, touching people. But I have one that the Lord highlighted. He wants me to share with you. And it's about this man I was you know asking how he was his morning and he he knows the Lord and he said yes and I said did you know Jesus and then he said no but I know I, I know there's a God and I said okay say I was in the hospital 
and being diagnosed with cancer in my stomach. And at night, I was praying, saying, Lord, if you really exist, I want a touch of you. And God hear prayers. And he said he was there for a, a week or two weeks, and the Lord healed him. And I said, well, praise God. He's good. He's still in a miracle business. So I asked him, did you know Jesus such a savior? And then he said, no. He said, well, you know, the Lord I'll give you another opportunity to know him. And today is your day. Would you like to receive him in your heart? And uh, he seemed like a hopeless. He, he shared with me that his family was in another country. And I just started, you know, sharing his, the gospel, and, which is life, because yeah. Jesus is life, yeah. and he's full of love. And uh, his love, and he said yes. Yeah. So he happened to do that prayer of faith. He received it in his heart. We pray for peace and for the Holy Spirit. And uh, he said uh, he come back next week, uh, I mean next month, and I asked him how he was doing, how his family and everything. Because you make a relationship with them. Yes. You know their lives and they share with you. And he said, you know, after I made the, the prayer, I feel so much peace. Yeah. And I say, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. There's a lot of testimony. But I just want to share that with you. Lord, it says this beautiful, soft-spoken voice. I, I was hearing her in pre-service prayer back there. And I said, I want her to recording, reading me the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but then she goes to pray for you. And it's like, like in the name of Jesus, like, whoa, it's amazing what God is doing in that line in this food bank. And, and we've heard so many testimonies, but David, I know you've got another one to share with us this morning. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so I've had the honor and privilege of, uh, serving with the food bank, I think since the beginning and I've, I've been able to, um, see and experience you know, all the weather of Texas. Uh, I'm new to Texas, so this is year two. I'm from California. But, uh, yeah, so this past month, um, it was maybe a, a low, low 40s with a wind chill, and I did not dress appropriately, so it was cold. And I was with the loader team, so we load the cars at the end of the line. And as the cars come in, people are greeted, and they're prayed for, and and, uh, and then they're guided to us, and I was receiving people in, and a lady pulled up, and she handed me her, her ticket, which is how many families she had. So we, uh, we take that, and then we load their car. But before I could get out how many were in her, in her family, she goes, the Lord is here. And I said, yes, he is. And she began to talk, and, and, and it kind of caught me off guard, so I, I was trying to tell the team how many boxes to load her car with, and she was still talking and then she starts opening her door and she brings out her foot and she's like, and, and my foot's in so much pain, I can't walk. And, and I don't realize it doesn't connect that she's asking me to pray for. Um, and I kind of just took it, I, you, you know, you take it for granted, you don't, you don't think about it because um, you just figure somebody else has already done that. Um, when they've come in, they've already been prayed for. It's our job just to load the truck or load the car. And it, as she puts her foot back in the car and she closes the door, I see just like the, everything drained from her face and she just kind of puts her head down. I said, ma'am, I, I can always pray for you. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she turns to me and she said, a few months ago, I came through the food bank 
And uh, she said, I was in so much pain, my ear and my jaw. She's like, I couldn't think straight. Um, I came to get food, and, and it, it was just in so much pain. She said, I was prayed for by a lady. And she said, and then I drove over to, to get food. And she said, and you prayed for me. And she said, when I got home, all the pain was gone. Um, and I said, ma'am, I can absolutely pray for you. Jesus does everything. And uh, so I was able to pray for her. And, and as I was praying for her, what was funny was it was so cold up until that moment. And I felt this warm rush of air blow over my shoulders into her car. And I wasn't cold the rest of the day. <laughs> and it was so cool. Um, and it was just kind of a correction. As she left the property, um, it made me think about, uh, I think we just assume that somebody else, because somebody else has already done it, or somebody else will do it, that as you're busy throughout your day or your week, that someone else will get to that person that the Lord's highlighting to you. So it's an encouragement and correction to not only me, but each of you. So it was beautiful. Come on. In 2023 alone, we were able to feed around 8,600 people in 2023. And this year, we're believing to feed many, many more. And it is every second Saturday of the month from 10 a.m. to noon. If you would like to be a part of the food bank team, if you'd like to serve once, that's okay. You can serve once. Just text food bank, one word, food bank to 59090 to get more information. And you can always just show up the second Saturday of each month from 10 a.m. to noon. But if you would text that number, it helps us to know and make sure that we have enough people on the team. It takes a lot of people to give away that much food. And there are hundreds of cars every week, around 600 cars. She said we've had the police called. Well, there are worse things you could have the police called for. There are hundreds of cars along this road and along Waco Drive way down every week. And we pray for every person. We see salvations, miracles, healing, signs and wonders, and we feed them as well. And it's an amazing ministry. Can we thank the food bank team? Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Well, many of you had signed up last year at Vision Sunday. We announced our first Israel trip as a church, and it was supposed to take place at the end of the year, um, right around the time that the war in Israel, the war in Gaza broke out. And so that trip was canceled, but I'm excited to announce an Israel trip scheduled for this year. Somebody said, well, I want to go. I want to wait till it gets safe. Well, they've been saying that for 25 years. And it's, it's safe. And if the Lord speaks to you to go, I want to encourage you to go. And that trip will be November the 18th through the 25th. Those of you that were signed up for last year's Israel trip and were unable to go, you will be given the opportunity to register first. So you'll be sent a registration link before anybody else, given the opportunity to take those spaces that are available first, and then we'll open up the rest. We do have a very limited number of spaces available. So if you'd like to go and you want more information, just text the word Israel to 59090, and then you can get more information about that. Um, we just launched or just announced a new value of mercy culture. 
So here at Mercy Culture, our culture is built uh, built around four elements. Our vision, which you all know, to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. It's built of our values. We have a list of values that we hold each other accountable to. Our leadership standards, these are the five non-negotiables of leadership at Mercy Culture. And whether you serve on the serve team or you're the lead pastor, you're held to the same uh, leadership standards. And then fourth, it's our unique characteristics. When you go through MC Connect, you'll learn about all of those different elements. But one of our, a value that we just announced and launched is the value of holiness. Yeah. In this year of reformation, holiness is the fuel of reformation. And our value goes like this. The the idiom for that value is come in. And it says this, we simply want to be like Jesus, holy, set apart unto God, and fully surrendered to the refiner's fire. We know the closer we get to him, the more we become like him. Holiness is found in the presence of God. Our heart's cry is this, make me like you, Jesus, Make me holy. And we know and we believe that holiness is still right. Yep, that's right. That's right. I know it's not popular. I know that in a lot of places, a lot of ministries, a lot of things that we see, people want to teach us and tell us that you can live your truth and your level of holiness and just whatever. Hey, Jesus just loves you. Yes, he does. And he's called you to be holy. Because he loves you, he's called us to walk in a walk of holiness. Holiness is not perfection. It's not the spirit of religion that demands performance and, ref- and perfection out of us, but holiness is a pursuit of being like Jesus. And being like Jesus is not just singing and talking about love. Uh, being like Jesus is denying your flesh, is saying no to the things that you want, is, di- is pushing sin to the side and pursuing righteousness and holiness in Christ. First Peter 1, 15 through 16 says this, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. So th- as we roll out this new value of holiness church family pick it up pick it up in your family pick it up in your own personal life i'm going to give you some practical advice pray the prayer of reformation over yourself every day pray that prayer of reformation that we pray in in our services and the prayer for the year it's on our social media you can it's in the emails that we send out to you if you're not a part of that just text news to 59090 i think that's the right keyword there's a lot of keywords and we'll We'll connect you and you can, you can begin to get those. But pray that prayer over yourself and your family every, every day. Uh, Pastor Heather in Fort Worth just preached a powerful message on holiness. And we will be playing that message next Sunday morning right here. Listen. From time to time, there are certain messages that we feel are so important for all of our church to hear that we play a video sermon in our services. Um, there, yeah, service is not lacking when we play that. 
The presence of God is here. And then we always have live ministry moments. And the Lord's already been speaking to me. And Pastor Heather and I were talking earlier this week, and she felt the same. She said, be prepared for the altars to be packed next Sunday. So I have the vision of you laying hands on people and the team and just God birthing holiness. I would not miss next Sunday morning for anything if I were you. So we're going to continue to talk more about that. But in the meantime, turn your attention to uh, this next video. For two years, the Lord has been preparing us for this time and this season because this is a year of reformation. The time of reformation is now. Hear this today. Reformation begins with you, with your life, with your mind, with your heart, with your sin, with your finances, with your family, with your community. Then goes into the culture. remembers the reformers and the future belongs to the reformers guys we're having a reformation conference we are so excited for far too long the spirit-filled church has left reformative action up to other people. We have sat silently within our walls and we've had wonderful services and basked in the presence of the Lord and left it right there. But God is raising up an army of spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled individuals who say, I'm tired of squandering my influence. That say, I'm tired of giving in to the culture that says hey we don't want to get too political meanwhile the political have not been afraid to get too spiritual because now we've got our children who are being indoctrinated to believe that they can't even trust that they're a boy or a girl we've got the society today convincing us that there is no such thing as truth and convincing us that there is no such thing as absolute truth in the word of God and the reason that they've been able to do that is because the church has been quiet the church has sent silently by and has allowed the community at large to silence us and to say things like, hey, separation of church and state. To say things like, hey, I, I didn't come to hear a political sermon. This isn't political. This is spiritual. <laughs> this isn't political. This is spiritual. There's a spiritual battle for your children. There's a spiritual battle for your family. There's a spiritual battle for your mind. There's a spiritual battle for this nation. And I, for one, am no longer going to sit by and let other people fight it. Come on, we're raising up in this year of reformation. Baby, you want to tell us a little bit about the conference? Yes. We are taught to ask for wisdom, is what the Lord says. Ask for it, and he will give it because he loves us. We're his children. I want you to just hear the names. Uh, I know it flashed up on the screen, but I want you to hear who's going to be there. Lou Engle, Dr. Michael Brown, Sean Foyt, Jocko Boyens, Will Ford, Nate Schatzline, Laura Allred, AJ Hurley, and White Rose Rest, uh, Resistance. First Liberty Institute... And our pastors, Pastor Heather and Pastor Landon, and so many more. Guys, you do not want to miss this. We are seeking wisdom, and these are mothers and fathers in our faith. And this is what's going to reform us 
so that we can also go forth and reform. Do not miss this conference. It's going to be amazing. Um, there's a two, it's a two-day conference, but the Friday night is by ticket only, and it's for the Justice Responsibility Dinner. This is a big deal. If you can get a ticket and come, get a ticket and come. It is raising money for the justice residents. What the justice residence is, it's to house 100 women who are going to be reformed from being sex trafficked into women of, the God, of God who are going to go forth and do the same thing. They're going to help reform. Come on. Oh. So the justice residents, we're building on our campus in Fort Worth. It'll be the largest long-term housing for women rescued out of sex trafficking in the United States of America. We're breaking ground shortly. It will house 100 women. There's a lot of organizations that are geared towards helping people and helping women specifically that have been rescued. But we don't know of another organization that is doing it with a spirit-filled uh, curriculum. And what that means is that we're not just, we're not trauma-informed care that continues to reinforce the trauma in a person. But no, we believe in the power and the delivering power of the Holy Spirit. That yes, we give them practical tools and counseling and understanding, but we lay hands on them and believe the, the, the Lord to deliver them from the demonic oppression that has been thrust upon these women. And the Responsibility Dinner is part of our fundraising efforts to help with that. That's right. We teach them the exact same thing that we do here. We take them from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God because we know that if they can get in the presence of the Lord and hear from him, there's no way they can fail. He answers the cry of their heart. Saturday conference, text, do I, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Text justice to 59090 if you wanted to be a part of that responsibility dinner. And Saturday's conference, text Reformation to 59090 to register and to get involved. It's June 22nd and the 23rd, and the special cost um, today is $50 for the, for the dinner. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. If you would turn your attention to the screens. Church family, June is no longer Pride Month. June is Life Month. I'm excited to announce a new housed vision of Mercy Culture Church, Citizens for Life. Citizens for Life vision, we call it CFL, is Citizens for Life exists to reform culture, to take a pro-life culture through education, um, legislation, and adoption. We seek justice for babies' lives. 
they are lives. We adopt to save lives. We're adopting. I want to let you know. We're adopting. (laughs) And we march as citizens for life. Our kickoff, we march for life in Waco on June 23rd. Guys, right here in Waco, we're doing a march on June 23rd. We have three initiatives of CFL to bring awareness, adoption, and action. We are taking action to the streets. If you are interested in this, text CFL to 59090 to register. Yeah, so we need a team. We are already beginning to build the team for the march on June 23rd here in Waco. But as you can imagine, it's going to take a lot of people to pull this off. Yeah. We're going to march across the bridge. We're going we're gonna to meet together and worship and pray for life because, let's see, Roe is no more. Come on, Roe v. Wade has been overturned. God answered the prayer of five decades of fasting and praying and believing God to set the United States free from the scourge of abortion, from the sin of the murder of millions of children every single year. But when Roe was overturned, the battle just began. And we still have to stand up for life in this city, in this state, in the nation, in the world. Just a couple of years ago, one of our former, I said former city council members. Praise the Lord. We prayed her right on out. You think I'm joking. We prayed right in here on a Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. prayer. That night, she announced her resignation and moved to another state. Hallelujah. But one of our former city council members sat on the city council board and and brought forward a resolution in Waco to make Waco an abortion sanctuary city. That even when the state of Texas outlawed abortion, that Waco would uh, would not fulfill that law. They would still allow abortions in our city. Thank God it didn't pass, but it will one day if we don't rise up it will one day if we as the church remain silent it will happen one day if we keep our voices if we keep our mouths closed remember one of the prophetic words of this year i'll sit down one of the prophetic words of this year is that we if we don't use the influence that we have we will lose it so get on the phone call your friends call your family call church members call other churches call everybody that you can and invite them to the citizens for life march on june 23rd wouldn't it be a Amazing if the city of Waco showed out with thousands of people and we had to disrupt the flow of traffic to march for life in this city. We are so excited. There's a lot of things coming up. I want to quickly give you some save the dates. Are you ready? MC Conference is back. Mercy Culture Conference will be September 27th through the 29th. We got a special today, only $50. We got a lot of conferences. We're going to be very busy. Pray for us. $50 today. Just text the word conference to 59090. Yes. March conference is back this year. Come on, guys. Save the date. May 3rd and 4th. Women, last year was wild. There were literal miracle signs and wonders that broke out in the tent. A woman was jumping around. She had a boot, and the Lord told her to take it off. She took off running through the front of the sanctuary because miracle signs and wonders are still alive. It was an incredible conference, and it's going to be even wilder this year. Don't miss it. Text, what did I'm sorry, text Mark to 590 It's $85 today only. 
All right, we've got students conference this year. This is our first year to do a students conference, and that is coming up August 1st to the 3rd. If you've got young people, um, any, any student age, we invite you to come August 1st to the 3rd. Parents, send them, invest in your kids. Vision Sunday price today is $75. Just text the word STUDENTS to 59090. Yes. Justice Run is coming up October 26th. It's 10% off today only. Text RUN to 59090. The Lord gave Pastor Heather a vision of a sea of runners running for justice. This raises money for the justice residents. And he asked her, what would keep you running? And what he saw were the faces of the women being rescued. So come and be a part. Text RUN to 59090. And then finally, for the first time ever, we're having a pastor's conference in Fort Worth. God is raising up a group of pastors who are tired of the performance-driven church, who are tired of the endless Ferris wheel or endless hamster wheel, I should say, of church growth strategy where we just got to please people, please people, please people to get more and more people. And there are a group of people who are saying, you know what? I want to please the Lord. And when we please the Lord, the Lord brings the increase. And it's, these are churches who have said, look, we want to be presence-driven in all that we do. So we're having our first presence-driven network conference coming up February the 25th through the 27th. If you know any pastors in your life, former pastors, pastors in this city, pastors in different yep. states, different nations, I want you to invite them. Uh, you can go to presencedriven.com or text the word network to 59090 for more information about that. Now, please turn your attention to the screens. Guys, the House Vision of For Liberty and Justice is launching in Waco, Texas this year. This is crazy. When I told you we were partnering with the Word of Reformation, I wasn't kidding. In Fort Worth, we launched For Liberty and Justice last year, and we've seen over 50, I think it's 50, 48 different elected officials that are people, men and women of righteousness and holiness that have been elected to office in that region. And we are starting it here in Waco, Texas. Central Texas, you better get ready. They thought we were loud last year. They thought we, we rocked the boat last year. No, no, we're not being quiet this year. My inbox and voicemail messages are going to be even more fuller than they were last year. A pastor's like, Pastor, you know, we don't really do well. Get ready. Buckle up, because we're getting loud this year. I want to welcome Joel Elready with us. Welcome. Joel is going to be heading up for Liberty and Justice for the Waco chapter. Can we give her a hand? 
Joel, you share with us a little bit about what For Liberty and Justice is, what yeah, we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm Joel. Hi, everybody. Um, For Liberty and Justice is going to immobilize the church and just equips the church to be the church outside of the walls. So that's going to be a huge part of how to be tangibly active with the Word of Reformation this year. So we're going to um, equip you guys to take a stand for liberty and justice in our city. Um, be aware of, like we talked about, what the enemy is doing and what, what God wants in the city is to see reformation in every area of the city. Um, there's, there's so much vision that we've gotten over the last couple of months of what God wants to do, but it's going to be a really powerful year. I want everybody to be involved and to see what's going on and jump in with us. So. So many of you have a passion and a call to run for office. One of the things that we have been, that's been prophesied over this house is that there will be people running for office from Mercy Culture Waco. And so this is the opportunity. This is the avenue. We have Candidate University. It is a program that we've put together to teach you how to strategically plan a candidacy, but more than that, to teach you how to run a presence-driven campaign yes. for office. And we have a friends and family network. Those are people that we have interviewed, that we have prayed about, that we've taken to the Lord. And we can say, hey, these people, are, we believe we can endorse as an organization. So we'll help you as church members to know uh, who we should vote for, who are truly righteous men and women of God, who will stand up for the values that we hold as Christians and as believers. And we're going to be interviewing people there this year, the city council seat for this district is up for a re-election this year our mayor in waco is up for re-election this year our state representative is up that that seat is being vacated this year there's a lot going on of course we've got the presidential election if you want any information if you say hey this just leaps in my spirit i may want to knock on doors or make phone calls or help fold flyers or run for office text the word liberty to 59090 to get more information and a little birdie told me there's somebody in this house that's running for school board this year i'm not going to tell you who it is yet because I didn't ask for their uh, permission first. But I'm so excited. We'll be announcing that shortly. But I believe that is the first of many people that God's going to call to school board seats and city council seats. And Hey, we need a mayoral candidate this year. I said we need somebody filled with the Holy Ghost to run for office this year. If you feel a kick in your spirit to do this, do not walk out yes. of this tent without answering the Lord with a yes. yes that's right. No matter what it looks like, no matter all the things that come, he will equip you because he's going with you in this. So do not walk out of here if you feel that kick. We've got something coming up, don't we? Yeah, we have two exciting announcements. So first off, the founder of For Liberty and Justice, Representative Nate Schatzlein, will be here March 10th on Sunday. You will not want to miss that service. And then our other big announcement, we have our first night of action in Waco, April 14th, 6 to 8 p.m. So put that in your calendars. You can also text Waco to 59090 to register for that event. It's going to be a powerful night. It's Waco that they text or Liberty? Either one will work. All right. You text either one. Can you tell us a little bit? I know we got to go. Can you tell us a little bit of what is a night of action? 
What's that going to look like? Yeah. So we are going to be um, encountering God together. We're going to be um, catching God's heart for reformation. So if you're where I was a couple years ago and you don't understand um, the purpose of justice, biblical justice, start asking the Lord now to show you his heart for justice and be, be praying with us for the city and for what God wants to do here. We're going to be able to um, just equip you guys with that vision on that night. We're going to invite um, local representatives and politicians as well to be a part and just be interceding for our city. We're going to have other um, actions to take this year, other things to be a part of, but that's going to be our first one. So exciting. We're going to rock some politicians world at that night of action. They're going to, oh yeah, I'll come to your church and get prayed for. Okay. (laughs) Hold on because we're about to pray for you. Can we thank Joel? Come on. Y'all, I am so excited about For Liberty and Justice. You can meet Joelle at the booth right outside after service and ask any questions, sign up, get more info right outside these doors. Last year at conference, Papa Lou Engel had a vision or released the word of this vision of a million women on the mall in Washington, D.C. Guys, the Lord has been speaking to me and showing me visions of what revelations talk about the the bowl in heaven that holds the incense and the prayer of the saints of him tipping it out on the earth this is what we're doing we are going to the mall in washington dc we are calling a million esters and mordecais to pray to fast and to stand on october 12th of 2024 if you want to go to this Get together with your friends. Get together with your family. Carpool. Give up Starbucks for a little while and get you a plane ticket. You don't want to miss this, not because it's going to be a big gathering, but we are going to stand with our brothers and sisters in the faith, and we are going to call down heaven is what we're doing. So if you want to be a part of that, I feel like it's monumental, and I feel like it's going to be a foundation stone of our generation of what's to come through prayer and fasting. So if you want to be a part of that, text DC to 59090 or go to org to find out more information on that. All right, let's turn our attention to the screens. Sorry, I'm really loud. Guess who the pastors are? Pastor Kaylee and Pastor Seth Morrow. Y'all, they are meek and humble, but they are mighty and fireballs, and they are for justice. This city is so in for it. We are so excited. Here we come, Austin. Come on, here we come. 
I want to just tell everybody, this is not our idea as Mercy Culture. It wasn't our idea to go into Austin. We never look at a map and look at statistics and say, where's the best place and the most strategic place to go? And we just want to grow. No, no. We just listen for the Lord to speak. And the Lord has been speaking about Austin now for years. And he finally released the elders to say yes. And so we are so excited to partner with what is on the Lord's heart and to bring Mercy Culture to Austin, Texas in 2025. We are so excited for what God is going to do. Just this morning in my daily encounter, I heard the Lord speak. I texted Pastor Lane and said, I hear the Lord say, I'm going to give you Mercy Culture Austin before you step foot on the ground. And I believe that he's already given us that city, that seat of influence and authority in the state of Texas. If you feel the kick in your spirit, if you feel like, "Uh uh-oh, God may be calling me to Austin. If you feel that at all, text the word Austin to 59090. Many of you did that for Waco. Some of you are Waco natives. You've never moved, and all of a sudden you felt a little kick in your spirit. We're an apostolic house. We hold everybody with an open hand. You're not my people. You're God's people. And so whatever the Lord is speaking, you step out in obedience and you do what God says to do. So text the word Austin to 59090. We are so excited for that. Um, I want to uh, begin to prepare you for a Heart for Mercy offering that is coming up. If you've been attending Mercy Culture for any length of time at all, you know that in this house we don't even pass tithes and offerings. We don't even pass the bucket. We never receive an offering. But you are such an incredibly generous and obedient church. And each Sunday we just say at the end of service, thank you for being obedient. If you want to give, the information's on your screen. God bless you. And, and Mercy Culture has been so blessed through your obedience because when you teach people how to encounter the Lord, how to have a, how to corporate encounter that goes to a daily personal encounter, God speaks. And if you're disobeying God by not giving your tithes and offerings, the Lord will speak to you. Yeah. And the Lord will convict your heart when you're encountering him every single day. And so we thank you for your generosity. But once a year, we take some time and we ask the Lord for his heart, for his house. Yep. Mercy Culture family, I feel very strongly and I want to... To, to give you what I feel in my spirit. I felt like the Lord said for Mercy Culture Waco, it is time for us, the strength of this house, to build this house. And what I mean is, up until this point, much of the financial undergirding and strength has come from our covering in Fort Worth. Fort Worth has provided a significant investment into the launching of Mercy Culture, into the operation as we've been growing and getting started. Certainly that building project is a $7 million project from the purchase of the building and the land to the complete remodeling of it, to all the problems that we faced. And family, there is no possible way we would have been able to undertake a project like that if it weren't for the strength and financial covering of Mercy Culture in Fort Worth. But I believe that this year there's a shift. And what I feel in my spirit is that the Lord is saying, you will now be held accountable. And we're grateful for, for the financial covering, but it is time that the strength of this house builds this house. Amen. So as your pastor, I am challenging you this morning. I am challenging you this morning. I don't have any inhibitions talking to you about money because I don't need your money. This is not about greed. I know that I'm being obedient to the Lord. You know what my goal is? Is that you would spiritually grow. 
And do you know that you spiritually grow when you obey the Lord? And you know when you withhold your tithe and offering, you withhold your finances finances and disobedience, that you won't spiritually grow? I've got people I'm looking at in the audience who've come to me and said, when I started tithing, God changed everything in my life, not only financially, but in my relationships and in my ability to hear the Lord and all of those things. So I have no, no qualms about challenging you to dig deep and to obey the Lord. I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I grew up in the Spiritfield Church. I'm talking Hammond B3, Run the Isles. Y'all don't know about that. I, I almost did it this morning. I know. I, all, y'all, worship team, I almost, one of these days. I'm going I'm to mess up that new building as soon as we open it. But anyways. But one of, the, one of the downsides of the culture that I grew up in is there was a lot of giving under compulsion. And they would stand up and there'd be a 30-minute message intended to manipulate you and guilt you into giving something right then. Who's going to give $1,000 line up right now? And we're not leaving. And who's going to give $500 line up right here? And it's like a, do I hear $100, do I hear $200, $300, $300? Some of you have been in services like that. We don't operate that way in mercy culture because the Bible says not to do that. And so what I'm in, we're not receiving an offering this morning for Heart for Mercy. So you can just relax. Let go, dad, let go of your wallet. Nobody's trying to take it from you. You can just relax. What I'm asking you to do this morning is we're inviting you into a time of prayer. Take it before the Lord. Ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give? If it doesn't make you nervous, if it doesn't require your faith, it's probably not the Lord. This step of obedience is going to require your faith to partner with it. So I invite you, ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to give, and then take it before God. We're going to gather together on March the 3rd. It's one of the most special services of the year. We receive the Heart for Mercy offering, and the pastors and leaders and elders of this house will be here to lay hands on that offering, to bless it, to anoint it, and to believe God for it to to impact and multiply. This year's Heart for Mercy offering, all of it will be given to ministries outside of the walls of this church. Heart for Mercy does not support the operation of mercy culture. That's what your weekly tithes and offerings do. Heart for Mercy is always given to something that God has spoken to us to give it to. Last year, we gave millions and millions of dollars to various organizations, and this year, we're believing to do that again. Millions of dollars will be given to organizations that advance the cause of reformation all around the world. So ask the Lord. This is the prayer. Say, Lord, what is your heart for your house? And then step out in obedience to that. You can text HFM to 59090. And when you do, you'll get a list of the initiatives that this Heart for Mercy offering will go towards. All right. Can we welcome our dear friend, Chris Donald, to the stage. Chris Donald has quickly become one of our closest friends, and we just adore you. And, uh, yeah, and Chelsea, we're just so thankful for you and for your family. Now, your little boy's making moves on my daughter, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'm, I'm not close. 
He said he's cute. All right, I'm not going to steal his thunder. So, Chris, why don't you make the announcement? Oh, this is fun. I just want you to know I, we pray for Waco more than three, four times a week. We say, God, fill the nets in Fort Worth, fill the nets in Waco, fill the nets in Dallas. And uh, we're going to be launching Belong here at Waco. It's going to be amazing. Many of you don't know what it is. I'll tell you in a moment. Maybe I should have told them what it is, but all my SLS crews like standing up because they see me every week. So we, uh, and, and we'll roll out dates for you. I don't know if we're doing that today as well, but I can say those dates and everything. So um, officially on February 28th, which is a Wednesday, we're going to be doing our first prayer and interest night to build out Belong here in Waco. Woo, come on. And then we're going to have a equipping night and an outreach night, and then uh, it will officially launch the third week. After that, I don't have that date. Sorry, fasting brain at the moment. March 13th. There we go. That's what I needed. So what is belong? It's very, very simple. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Everybody say outreach. outreach. Everybody say discipleship. discipleship. All right. Those three things were never meant to be separated. And so if, if you think about belong like a ministry with inside the church, we put value on youth so we have youth ministry. We put value in groups and men's groups and women's groups. But the church has, at large in America, has, has lost its value on the Great Commission. So God, about four and a half, five years ago, he spoke to me in a dream vision in my, in my sleep and showed me a blueprint called Belong, which was just simply a Great Commission ministry for the local church to do weekly where the church gathers and they pray, but they don't just pray, then they become the answer to that prayer and they go, but we don't just go to go because there's so many outreaches. We just do the outreach to do the outreach, but the end goal is to see Waco discipled. So every week we're going to gather, we're going to pray together. We're going to go even if you're scared. Yeah. We're going to go together. We're going to get through those, those barriers. Yeah. And then we're going to look to make disciples in this city. Just to give you an idea, the last two weeks with our teams being under the weather and just getting started, we've seen 68 decisions for Jesus in Fort Worth. Okay, can I, can I do something for a moment? Yeah. Okay, we're going to try this one more time. I love for liberty and justice. Yeah, come on. Teach but Jesus came to seek and to yes. save the lost. So we sit down for a minute. We're going to try this again. Jesus said, I came to seek and I came to save the lost. And he said, pray that the laborers, right, would be sent out into the labor field. Like his heart, if you want reformation, you're getting me stirred up for a moment. If you want reformation at its core, it's introducing people to Jesus. And then their families are healed, our cities are healed, and nations are healed. So let me say this again. In two weeks, in Fort Worth, 68 people were born again. Come on. 
There we go. That's what we're going for. Y'all made me preach for a minute. All right, you can be seated. So we're going to weekly, just this last week at Belong in Fort Worth, they had, they had over 25 new believers there being discipled. They had four people stand up to be born again in the Belong gathering. 26 church members went out into the city, and they won four more people to Jesus. So in one night a week, right there, eight people were born again as the church was mobilized. And I'm so excited to get this started. You know, back in May, we were in a staff meeting, and I shared with our staff here in Waco that the Lord had been speaking to me about this next year. And I kept seeing this vision of old paintings and iconography of Jesus. And I just kept hearing the Lord say, it's going to be simple. It's going to be simple. It's just about Jesus. It's just about Jesus. It's just about Jesus. And this is before we had gone away and prayed and heard the scripture of reformation, less of more of you and less of me. And it was before any of these things were announced. I just kept hearing the Lord. It's just about Jesus. It's just about Jesus. And I heard this phrase, the year of Jesus. And I shared it with our staff and with our team. And I had a vision of a lighthouse coming out of the top of our building. And the beams from the lighthouse were beams of righteousness. It was clear declarations of holiness and righteousness, things that people think drive the lost away, but it's really what they're looking for, is for somebody to stand up and say, wrong is wrong, and right is right, and truth is truth, and lies are lies, and sin will send you to hell, but Jesus has come to save and rescue you. That's what people are searching for. That's what Gen Z and Gen Alpha is looking for. They're tired of this nebulous, confusing lies that they're being fed. They're drowning in oceans of lies. Everywhere they go, from the political world to the spiritual world to, to sexuality and, and even medicine, just drown with lies upon lies upon lies. And they're looking for the truth because Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And when you are free, you are what? Free, free indeed. And I kept seeing this vision, and I shared it with him. And then we get to Staff Vision Week, which is a, a week that we take in the middle of the year in June every year. And all the staff from all of the Mercy Culture campuses gather together, and we just spend a week of prayer and fasting and learning. And this vision was released, and I heard Chris for the first time talk about the vision that God had given him, and he called it the Jesus Year. And all the staff, we were sitting in different places. The Waco staff was like, did you hear that? The Jesus year. And this is a year that he has sent out the call for people that say, I'm going to take an entire year off of work and I'm going to come and be an intern and I'm just going to go out five days a week and minister and share the gospel. And it's just about Jesus. It's just about Jesus. And God told me at the end of this year, thousands of people would be saved this year in Waco, Texas. If this was your mother or your father sitting in a home right down this street that somebody got out uncomfortable, feeling like they're not equipped, and you go and you minister to the one, changes a legacy. I was not raised in church. There were live bands in my living room every weekend. Wild stuff happened in my home. But it took somebody going to my mom, ministering to her. We attended a little Baptist church down the street We learned the word of God. 
we then went to a Pentecostal church and learned about the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And today, my children, in our encounter time in the morning, come in and they sit down and they rock back and forth because one person went and talked to my mother, went and talked to his grandfather, changed our legacy. You are equipped. And all you have to do is say yes and go tell them about Jesus and what he's done in your life. If you think that you don't have a testimony because you weren't raised in the same kind of thing, you have a testimony. What has he done for you? The greatest miracle, more than growing a limb back or an arm back, the greatest miracle is to see a man's heart changed. My daddy was an alcoholic. He was mean. And the Lord changed his life in an instant. And he was the greatest man I knew. Because one person took the time to tell him about Jesus. Let's go. This is the Jesus year. This is the year that legacies will be changed forever, forevermore. So the Lord spoke to my wife and I over 10 months ago, and I normally travel itinerantly all over the world into different nations, and told me, you're staying home, and you're going to serve your church, which was like the greatest blessing in the world, because we go to the best church on the planet. <laughs> and then as, as this was unfolding, and my relationship growing with you guys, and, and then I saw that it was a possibility to come to Waco. So every Wednesday, myself and a team of the Jesus Year people, you'll love them when you meet them. They're, they're wild and crazy. We're going to come every Wednesday. And we're going to do extended outreach from 1 o'clock until Belong starts, and then we'll roll into Belong together. It's going to be incredible what God does. Thousands of people will be saved. Yes. And it's going to happen yes. through you. It's going to be amazing. I just want to give you one testimony. We, so my, my wife and I, we received this vision in Texas, and then God took us to Florida, and we birthed to belong in Florida. And a church rapidly grew from, I think it was 700 to 1,000 in the time we were there, and then we left. It grew another 800 people as the church grabbed a hold of the Great Commission. Like, you're called to share your faith. Remember, you don't do witnessing. You are a witness. So people are witnessing something right? Then we went to Washington State and we were there for eight months and we built out Belong There in two different cities. And when we were there, I'll never forget the day we were, we were walking out of a Mexican food restaurant. I can smell it right now. Just praying the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget. It was a rainy, cold Thursday, Northwest day. And my team was heading out to the van and they were already half outside, so I had to go out and get him in the van. But this table caught my eye. And I, and I turned, but I was like, I gotta take care of my team. And so you felt that thing in your heart before where you know God's saying to go. So I get out there and I put the key in the, in the ignition in the 15 passenger van and they're used to this. I'm like, I'll be right back, right? And so I go back into the restaurant, I walk up to this table. And I say, hey, um, as I was leaving, I felt so much compassion. I had to come back and tell you that Jesus loves you. Without anything else, just the love of God. This, This man, I didn't know his name at the time. He stands up, his name's Roger. He's this tough looking mason, uh, 
brick mason and he just hugs me. He goes, you won't believe this. I'm like, I probably will. He said, two weeks ago, God spoke to me and said, bring my kids to God. I don't know how to get them there. I said, well, come tonight to belong. So Roger brings his kids to belong. Not even 30 minutes later. He's there, right? Johnny was there with me. He walks in. His son, Alan, seven years old. He gets saved. Revival kind of sweeps through his family. And, and I, I don't think Roger, Roger did not miss a belong, new believers gathering for 17 weeks. I don't think he was saved until week 15. Right? He would be there faithfully week after week after week. And then all of a sudden it was like, so sometimes you have to belong until you believe. So belong is a gathering where he came and he encountered the presence of God and, and, and just like he was, he was born again. So I'm getting ready to leave that city to come back to Texas. One of the, one of the most beautiful moments of my time there and I'm sitting next to Roger because we don't make disciples. We bring people into the, to our family. Discipleship isn't a program. Like, we need to have a revival of hospitality. Like, these people become my people. Like, I'm ready to die for this city. Like, give us as many people as you can give us the steward, Lord. So he's sitting by me and he says, Chris, I get it. I get why you drove all the way from Florida, all the way to Washington to go back to Texas. You came just for me. Just two nights ago, we're, we're a year plus removed. Just two nights ago, he texts me, and it's Alan and Roger on the streets in Vancouver preaching the gospel. So what do we want? We want to see disciples that make disciples that make disciples. We want to see a city that's saved, but reformation starts with us. Amen. And you feel the Lord? Lord, yes. I just want us to stand to our feet. Chris has brought with him these belong books. A God-given blueprint to continually reach the lost and disciple new believers. We have one of these for each family. As you leave the tent this morning, you can just take one of these. It's our gift to you today to begin to read this and to steward this word. If you want more information about Belong, if you want to be a, a part of it, first of all, you're called to be because Jesus said so. And I'm asking every single one of you to take some time and commit to ministering the gospel. You can text the word Belong to 599. Chris will be at one of the, someone will be at a booth right out these doors to answer any of your questions today after service. But let's step down so they can clear this, but... Let's just begin to, if you would, just posture your heart to receive. Just hold your hands out in front of you. Close your eyes. Every eye closed. Father, we ask that you would teach us, Lord, how to steward this word. God, would you teach us how to steward the prophetic vision that has been released this morning? It was a lot. There's a lot of vision. There are a lot of things that have been released. And I know some people in this room are scared. They're, 
I don't know how I'm going to do what I feel called to do. I don't know how it's possible. I, I don't know why I'm confused and I've got this and I've got kids and I've got laundry and I've got work and I've got all of these things. Holy Spirit, would you teach us how to steward what you have released over this house? Father, we thank you that everything that we need, every resource, every person, every laborer, everything we need to accomplish what you've given us to accomplish, you have, you have. Lord, would you release it? Ah, I feel the Lord. Somebody, if you have the gift of tongues, just begin to pray in your heavenly language. We're not prophesying in tongues. We're praying the mysteries of heaven. We're building ourselves up in our most holy faith. I feel the Lord. I feel the gift of faith being imparted into you this morning. Come on, if you've lived a faithless life, if you can say, Pastor Les, I've lived a life of fear. So many moments I've been faithless and I haven't had the strength or the faith to step out. If that's you, just lift up your hands. There's no shame. There's no shame. Just say, Lord, would you give me the gift of faith? Would you give me the gift of faith? Would you give me the, the kind of faith that'll quit jobs and move cities? The kind of faith that'll take leaps that everybody thinks is foolish, but I have to, I have to obey the Lord. Come on, would you give me that irrational obedience faith? Would you give it to me? Would you give it to me? Where are the pals and the casetas? Where are the pals and the casetas? Just lift up your hands. Wait, there you are. All around the room. Pals and casetas. That's the two families. While Chris was speaking about bringing people into family, I just want to submit to you what I heard and felt. I saw your property filled with people. Wait, wait, wait. And I heard the Lord say, don't be afraid of the spirit that they carry because your spirit is stronger. And I saw people, children, old people, middle-aged people filling that property, eating, playing games, growing in community, pockets of prophetic ministry happening, people being healed, people being discipled. Let it be, Father. When Chris was speaking about inviting people in and becoming family with the lost, I felt fear rise up. Anybody feel fear? I felt it, that fear of, I don't, I don't know people and I don't want people around my table and I don't want some folks around my children and I don't know about that and I protect my peace and I fight and I've got boundaries because you know, when Jesus is teaching is all about boundaries, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> it isn't by the way, but Jesus said, if you want life and life more abundantly, you have to lay yours down. So, Father, I thank you that our, the Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. And so we are not afraid of any spirit. We are not afraid of the demonic. We are not afraid of addiction. We're not afraid of confusion. We're not afraid of it. God, would you give us the strength and the wisdom to steward these words? steward them well father would you give us the faith come on ask him one more time ask him say lord jesus would you give me the gift of faith come on from your spirit say lord jesus 
would you give me the gift of faith? Come on, ask him. Say, Lord Jesus, would you give me the gift of faith? I feel faith rising. Come on, keep asking him. Keep asking him. Keep asking him. Would you give me the gift of faith? Come on, I feel faith rising. I feel faith rising in the room. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, asking and believing, oh, that it shall be accomplished. So family, touch and agree this morning. I couple my faith with yours and we say, Lord, everything that was birthed this morning will be accomplished. Come on, declare it. Vision Sunday isn't aspirational. No, we are saying it shall be done. We will launch for liberty and justice. We will see righteous men and women take seats of authority in Central Texas. We will see righteous, righteousness take over every school board seat and mayoralship and city council seat this year and state representative and congressional seat and senate seat and the presidency of the United States. It will happen this year. We declare that thousands and thousands and thousands will walk the streets of Waco. We'll march for life. We will march for life in this city. Oh, I hear the Lord say, righteousness will disrupt the traffic patterns of this city. In the natural and in the spiritual. Oh, we declare that SLS in Waco will be full this year. Oh, we declare dozens and dozens and dozens of new students will come into SLS Waco and you will raise up an army of spiritual leaders. Oh, we declare that we will encounter you in every one of these conferences. God, we're not having conferences because it's a good idea, but because you asked us to. We declare that justice residence will be built this year. And we declare, Lord, that thousands will be saved. That every Wednesday you will fill that building with the lost, with the hungry, with the thirsty, with the desperate. Just as the prophetic word was released on Word of the Year Sunday, we are ready to see demons cast out. We are ready to see bondages broken. We're ready to see addictions loosed off of people. We're ready to see homosexuality broken off of lives. We're ready to see depression and suicide broken. We're ready for divorce to be broken. We're ready for the restoration of families. We're ready for fathers that are gripped by alcoholism to be set free. We're ready for mothers whose children have given up on them, whose family has given up on them, who said she's gone too far. She's nothing but a useless lowdown drug addict but Jesus you will reach down and pick her up and take her out of the miry clay and place our feet upon the rock to say we thank you that it will happen this year in the name of Jesus somebody declare it today come on lift your voice and thank the 